from TMP to TTNG For sure the cure and those tired meme jeans Hella Kinsella and the promise ring Sunny day real estate and rights this spring Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive I constantly thank God for Algernon and Remo Christie front drive. Mineral snowing high tide hotel here and more. Rio Limo only consists of the DC emotive hardcore. Episode 13 of the E-Word. This is Kyle, recording here in Madison. Ellie, I guess, as always for now, in Vegas, you're moving soon. Uh, yep, uh, coming up on my last stretch of time here in Las Vegas. I'm staying with uh, my parents for 10 more days before I officially move out to Austin. Pretty stoked, I got like my job in my apartment all set up already. So, Big shit going good yeah i feel like a real grown-up for the first time in like 21 years <laughs> yeah you're gonna you're growing up stuck in that traffic you know all tech is pretty much terrible right um yeah but i literally live a block away from my work i'll just make other people drive to shows it's fine <laughs> and you just heard tom tom welcome to the podcast how are you doing yeah I, i've been doing better but been doing worse too I, i'm all right not bad. All Pretty right. good for Sunday. And Tom, you are known on the subreddit as user pineapple stir fry six six six. Is that correct? Did I get the number yeah. right? Yeah, kind of a stupid username, you know, but it just stuck. <laughs> oh, some of us have stupider, don't you worry. Uh well cool. So we're gonna give you the proper intro here, Tom, you know, uh so you've been on the sub for a long time but you want to talk about how long you've been there and what kind of emo you like and all that stuff yeah um i I guess it's probably been about five years now pretty long time uh it really doesn't you know feel like a long time until you take a look at like how big the sub has grown you know Mm -hmm. um like when i first joined there must have been like two or three four posts a day at the max and all of them are pretty relevant uh to my interest considering like the subscriber pool is you know something like 700 800 um big difference from today i guess but yeah five years something like that i try and interact uh daily you know go through the threads and just really reach out to the folks who are making music that i care about or um yeah the for, ref- for reference i've only been active on the sub for four years so oh yeah, so He's pineapple has, 
yeah, Pineapple has like a whole extra year of, you know, back when our emo was a was a super niche thing. I mean, like, I'm still nostalgic for when we had 10,000 subscribers. Now we have like, what, 25,000? It's insane. Yeah, I mean, I can't even tell you what it was like when there were 10,000, you know? It all kind of, it was kind of okay, and I guess it's slowly, the, the post content that I like got diluted slowly and slowly, and you know, you don't really notice until, until it gets like really different and i took a look at the subscriber count and i don't know if it's still twenty thousand, maybe it's 21 by now but yeah my mind was blown when i saw that number yeah what was uh what's that old simpsons quote wow fox news turned into the hardcore porn so slowly i barely even noticed <laughs> <laughs> so yeah stoked to have you on this one time i've um, been trying to get you on for a couple episodes here this episode uh, kind of uh, back to standard programming. We're going to do a lot of upvote, downvote news stuff. But we're going to focus on two bigger albums that have been dominating the sub. Uh, one of them's not an emo record, but it's found its way into emo for some reason, which is that new Just Friends record, Nothing But Love. And also, we're going to be talking about, um, and, you know, maybe the biggest emo album of the year, uh, Mom Jeans, Puppy Love. So that's what we're going to end on. Uh, but we're going to start here. Uh, we had an interview uh, with Zine Yersin, uh, former guests on the pod. Um, so if you want to uh, read an interview about us, there's also lists that we submitted and um, an amazing forward about that piece as well. Um, that's over at Yersin, which I believe... Just, just words that are way too nice to have been spoken about us. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, we're not worthy so, of it. Literally, like literally, we were compared to to Heart Attack, which is like one of my top five zines of all time, and that made me like melt inside. Yeah, just way too way too sweet. Thank you, Adam. Shout out to Adam. Yeah, shout out Adam. and shout out to Kenneth Hugh and all those other your scene peeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, this summer, you know, we're trying to do a lot of shit. Um, we have some cool episodes in in the works um collaborating with some other podcasts and other folks i met someone last night that does an emo radio show that wants me to hop on the emo radio show and then pitch the idea of doing a podcast about email radio shows on this so maybe we can do that i haven't talked to you about that oh that'd be cool we could get uh finding emo that's who i'm talking yeah that's who oh, i met okay yeah yeah oh that's awesome yeah yeah he's in madison what a small world uh, of course, this is all built up to us being uh, guests on Axe to Grind. <laughs> Who is aware of us? They they shouted us out, and that tweet got nine whole likes. I was ecstatic. <laughs> that has to happen. I mean, we won't stop until it happens. That'll, that'll be the last episode of the E-Word ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but on that note, review us on iTunes if you haven't. I think we're up to four reviews. But just want to say, I just want to keep hammering that, like, that shit matters. That helps pop up. People will be listening to Strange Nerve or fucking 100 Words or Less, and then they'll see the E-word in there. And that's the goal. We, we like, want to become on that level um, of podcast. So review us on iTunes. It's super simple. It takes, like, 30 seconds. So do that. It'll help us out. So follow up to the last two episodes. Episode 12 was a mental health episode. Um... That one felt good to... I, I, I don't know. I feel a little bit better having all that shit off of my chest. It took a lot out of me. I don't know if it took a yeah. lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, not only because we recorded two episodes in the same day, but like that episode, I think the recording session was like a little over three hours for that specific one. So I just felt like dead by the end of it. But like talking about that sort of stuff publicly felt really weird, but also kind of like ultimately gratifying. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've gotten some like really nice like uh, individual feedback from that episode. Just a couple people who've reached out and said, hey, I thought this episode was really important. And thank Mm -hmm. you for talking about these issues so that that made me feel warm and fuzzy um i want more people to listen to it (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it's kind of slow out of the gates i don't know probably because there's not much drama in the episode um yeah we're not talking about hobo johnson or whatever i'm like embarrassed that that episode has done so well the hobo johnson one really has it like what's what's the differential there between <laughs> like hundreds like hundreds yeah hundreds more people i think what's our what's the most listened to episode the scrams episode scrams episode yeah that's yeah. kind of shocking too i didn't think uh, Scrams was like a big deal i am friends with pretty much everyone in the screamo scene so i think that got like passed around a little bit still like i don't think it it, it was enough to warrant like just how many people have listened to it like it's definitely more people than i ever expected would have listened to that episode it's also like of any episode that one is like a resource though like it's super like hey i'm new to scrams but i want find a way to get into that oh yeah that like lays it all out it's like 90 percent just me and lauren doing a huge info dump so yeah yeah, i get that and then what's the second the first proper one is the second oh okay yeah that that makes sense because i I pinned it to the sub and like, I think people were just super stoked on the concept of the sub having its own podcast. And so. it was also the Jesse Lacey one. Oh yeah. Moving on. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, find those two episodes. Um, and uh, thanks for everyone that reached out uh, after listening to episode 12 it means a lot. So let's get to what we, what have you been listening to this week? Whoever wants to go first. Uh- I'd love to hear it. Uh, I uh, I had this EP marked, and I, I checked it out. You know, listened to it. You know, once or twice, um, a while back. But this week, I've uh, I've rediscovered an EP called "Thank You Notes" by a band called Parachute Day, and it's it's like mostly instrumental, kind of math pop, incredible stuff, just really really smooth, noodly, everything I'd look for in a band minus vocals, pretty much. Um, really reminiscent of the band called Head Honcho. If either of y'all have, have ever given them the time of day, nope. y'all should be ashamed. <laughs> Apologies. Um, this is why I'm so happy to have uh, Tom on the on the show here. It shames you for not listening to bands that have like 20 followers. Yeah, just like next next level, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have 157. Thank you very much. So. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. Um, both of those bands are. Uh, it's kind of hard to give an equivalent sort of like Chinese football um, if they were a little bit more technical you know they got that happy sound that cute sound to them you know the the instrumentals are quick but um, the song doesn't feel rushed or or fast paced really good stuff really good let's see I guess that uh, Jail Sox split um, I really liked Jail Sox first release Uh, I thought that was that was turbo good Um, have have y'all listened to that? no? No, I've listened to Jail Socks. Um, yeah, I have. Uh, I have not actually. Y- you definitely should. Let's let's give them an equivalent. Um, sort of like a little bit more mature flight patterns. Oh, okay. 
that's that sounds right up my alley because I adore flight patterns. Yeah, yeah, those guys are just you know out of ten, they're like a thirteen. Their uh, <laughs> their song titles are like on another level. Anyone who would slap crab with a knife on a on a tape is just you know like way 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 up my alley. Uh, Curse League. Um, okay. So, so that yeah. band released a uh, an LP. Um, couple of weeks ago called laying by the fire in good company and i, I sort of equate that to a variant of, of oliver houston yeah or, sure. cool. or look mexico you know they got mm-hmm. that they also have that cute feel to them like they're they're innocent you know i never actually really got into look mexico for whatever yeah reason. um the, i like the uh, early the, stuff a lot me. um I'm, I, I'm talking about the early stuff like the first time i ever tried to listen to look mexico it was like their very first material like it can't, the the stuff that came out like around the same time as like the Algernon Cadwallader demo and they music. were yeah. yeah they were around early yeah so, like 2008 I mean, what that's like 2005 2014 oh really wow yeah is when they I'm started wild. doing stuff so like respect to them for being like hella early on that on that music but like I always kind of felt like they didn't have like the compelling songwriting to back it up. Like they were just like doing the style, but they, they, they weren't, they weren't, they didn't have like whatever heart is in it. That made me like super into Algernon and street smart and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I totally feel you on that. I, I will say, um, the, the lyrics aren't too in depth and they're rather short in a lot of the songs, you know, the songs can go on for like six six or five minutes but yeah um still end up with 30 words total but they, they do have a lot of depth to them i don't know maybe i mean i'm not even specifically talking about lyrics when i'm talking about heart like i'm talking about that like straight up like reaching in and grab your heart like indiana jones and the temple and doom type of energy oh yeah you know hell I mean? no they are they are not that type of band they're like a yeah. sunday morning at 7 30 watching a sunrise yeah breakfast band yeah yeah but like at the same time i feel like they don't get much credit like that new album on Tiny Engines, like I feel like I don't I don't know if he, I don't even know if people listen to it. I, I didn't even give that album a chance, honestly, because in comparison to Animal Music, um, you know everything that's followed that that I've listened to is just falling short. And I'm not saying it's bad or, or worse, but it's just not. It's not me. Mm-hmm. Word. Word. Hop on in here. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I haven't really been listening to emo uh, lately per se. I've been on like a huge kick of like. The, the type of stuff that I was super into in, like, middle school and, like, my freshman year of high school. So, like, uh, like Husker Du, uh, The Replacements, especially, like, Hoot Nanny and Let It Be. Uh, that first Violent Femmes album. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, the first couple Pavement records. I think Crooked Rain is a little bit more consistent than Slanted and Enchanted, but, like, I see why Slanted and Enchanted is kind of legendary. You know, Mission of Burma, Guided by Voices, uh, just stuff like that. Just getting back to like uh, like stuff that uh, that felt really important and cool when I was like 13, 14. And now, you know, it's it, it, like it's like ascended into the canon. So when I go back and listen to it, I feel like, oh, I'm listening to like records that are considered important now. And that's weird. But mm-hmm. that 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 retro like that, uh, the hindsight granted, like kind of kind of lends these records, I feel like a little bit more uh importance especially some like who's gonna do zen arcade like that record feels fucking important today i i'm gonna go on a record and say that i don't think emo would exist without zen arcade i can see it being like proto emo but being completely detached from emo if that makes sense 
Well, I mean, to me, it kind of like it, it's like running parallel to stuff like squirrel bait, you know, and uh, articles of faith like that, that type of like really melodic post hardcore sound that like mm-hmm. was kind of like a forerunner to what Rites of Spring uh, and Embrace ended up doing. Like I de- like I definitely feel like Hooster Do is one of those influences. Like listen to like Minor Threat Salad Days, which I think is like the precursor to email and tell me that it would have existed without Zenhard King. There I feel you, for sure. Because, like, Husker do at times, I feel like more than more more than less were, like, sensitive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that There's a song on Zen Arcade called uh, Pink Turns to Blue. Yeah. Uh, which is about a woman dying of an overdose. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the, the title refers to her skin color, which is morbid. Yeah. Um, but uh so i first listened to this album when i was 14 13 14 years old yeah i think i was 13 going on 14 like a couple months up it was right around that time this tuesday actually is the the seven year anniversary of my aunt dying of a morphine overdose and so i listened to zen arcade within like a month of that and listened to pink turns to blue and that just like fucking destroyed me so that's probably a little bit why i've been uh i've been digging that album lately i tend Mm. to always dig into it around this time of year but uh yeah also you know black flags my war i think that's the other like super important album that came out in 1984 you listen to zen arcade let it be and my war and you can kind of just see like each way that hardcore was going to go in the next decade like the primordial instincts Mm -hmm. so that's it for me okay oh and the smiths Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bring a bunch of albums here that I feel like we can all talk about. Or at least Ellie, you and I can talk about. Because I, I want to talk about this Vane record. Oh, okay. Um, I love it. I'm like head over heels yeah. for it. Sorry, I was just listening to stuff I listened I listened to in like the last week or so. But yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I listened to the Vane record like a uh, couple days before it came out. And I was like, okay, I know I need to write an article. Yeah. about this i've heard it described as like slipknot meets botch i totally hear slipknot but i think that's like doing it a little bit of a disservice like honestly vane has more immediate songwriting than slipknot had like at least to me mm-hmm. um and like the slipknot record that people are comparing this the most to is uh, iowa which is you know their best one but um i think like the new the new vane record just demonstrates like a really good grasp of a multitude of styles like yeah. the record opens up with like that break core influence, mm-hmm. like the 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 cool little drum sample, which I thought was fucking dope, and then it basically turns into eyeless, uh, <laughs> and and but like songs like Doom Tech, Doom Tech's my favorite song on the album. I think the clean vocals on that song are fucking masterful. Yeah, I mean the album just overall is, I mean first of all the album is catching fire. Like people that have nothing to do with hardcore. Yeah. are just dogpiling on this it's like it's it's always like fun to see like what catches on but it's also like wild that this is the one i mean to me it definitely makes sense when you consider that they tore they were touring with code orange yeah which is another one of those you know oh people outside of hardcore are getting really into this type of bands if you got you are you guys aware of the the feud between vein and gift from god they basically took their half of the split off of the split yeah and there's like personal beef too like i think they just have like personal issues with each other um my friend georgie is in a band called the clavel and they played like 
the other night or something and they showed up for the gig georgie was wearing a vein shirt and then somebody else in the band was wearing a gift from god shirt and i thought that was the funniest fucking <laughs> shit <laughs> also uh, darkle that uh, pain, oh, yeah. pain train like i knew it was going to be good but i didn't think it would knock me on my ass like it did it's so fucking I... good it, it, it's so fucking emo too it's like extremely i've talked emo. a lot about pain train yeah like since it came out so it almost felt like i shouldn't bring it up when i was I doing my but yeah pain train is uh amazing like i i think it's i think it's their best songwriting that they've done yet um definitely their most polished guitar work that they've done yet definitely mm-hmm. their best production by a country mile i think that record <laughs> sounds amazing yeah absolutely hey not that that makes a difference though you know what i mean like the production is ass on a lot of pollock music but it's still you know i don't think it diminishes one bit from the flavor yeah but that's not that's not really what i'm saying i'm saying like the the increased production kind of adds to the flavor of the specific record you know what i mean yeah i feel you okay by no means am i saying that like i think millennial trash is now a bad song because it sounds like shit um it sounds like shit and it's an amazing song <laughs> i don't think we've talked about the new retirement party lp since it's come out but i wanted to get uh everyone's thoughts on that i think it's like solid i'd call it like a 7.5 out of 10 yeah give, i'd give it the old ign 8.8 <laughs> you know like it's fine i don't i don't really super understand why everyone's freaking out over it uh which is yeah. weird because i really like retirement party but this, this record just kind of feels like, oh, cool, it's Retirement Party. I like this record. Yeah, your opinion's like, you know, point for point with mine. I was I was stoked on it, you know? I think I was the, like, the first person to mention or post it or anything on Reddit, however long ago their first EP came out. And I was like, you know, I was thrilled. And I, I had, like, such a, a hunch that the band was going to blow up. So, um, you know, I've been waiting for this for, for years, and then... You know, it, it's not bad. Nothing to complain about at all. It's just it doesn't like grab hold of me. Kind of like my same issue with like Look Mexico. Like to me, it sounds like just a continuation of the EP. Am 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 I wrong? Or am I right? Yeah, I I don't yeah. really feel that way. It it kind of differs because it doesn't feel like it's as fun. You know what I mean? It's like it's not as engaging. I, feel I mean, that. but I think that's why that's why it's less engaging is because it just kind of feels like what they were doing on the EP writ large. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because yeah. you know, like like going from the EP, putting out your first LP, that's usually like a pretty grandiose moment, and it's kind of like a make or break moment for a lot of cases. I'm. Feeling... I mean, they won album of the month, so I don't think it broke them. Exactly. We're also probably a little more harsh than most others who just yeah binge the counterintuitive records discography on repeat <laughs> yeah also <laughs> uh, uh, the e-word of more discerning days um <laughs> even though we're basically talking about the counterintuitive records discography on this podcast today yeah. um so we're gonna jump into a song right here don't know what it is at the moment but you're gonna like it it's called monday night raw by chatterbot records recording artist jimmy mayo
I didn't know what song that was, but I am fully confident in saying that it bends me over the barrel and shows me the 40 states. <laughs> Yo, um, people really fucking liked I Feel Fine. That, like, happened once again. That, like, As they should. Yeah. That, that's one of my favorite songs that we played on the podcast. Me too. We got a bunch of British fo- followers now, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't like British people. <laughs> you just said you like the Smiths. Exactly, and I hate Morrissey. Uh, so we're going to do some serious upvote, downvote style news talk here. Oh yeah, we got a we got a couple things. Yeah, we got some things. We keep those things on us. We have a new foxing song and a new foxing <laughs> album on the way. Uh, the new song is called Slapstick, and I'm digging. I'm scrambling to find the name of the new album. Yeah, so this follows up Dealer, which was, I mean, Miley's favorite thing they've done. Uh, but I fucking love this new song. Um, totally a new direction for him, but also kind of something I saw coming, because, I mean, with, like, Smidley and all this stuff, it showed a whole new side of what these guys can cook up. So, curious what everyone else thought about this new song, and if you're excited for New Foxing in 2018. Um, I am okay with the new song, and I am not opposed to the new album. You'll let it happen. I am not. I am not anti-foxing. Is the extent of my opinion about this new song. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't. I wouldn't consider myself anti-foxing either. But you know, I haven't really Girl. given shit about their music for like you know four years now. Consider. Damn, you know, go when, off. Well, when they fr- okay, so when they first started putting music out, what was the EP called? Old songs, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Strawberry old, old Girl, record. Strawberry Baby. Yeah. 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 Sunspotting was like an incredible song you know that's something i can get behind every day of the week and you know since then they just you know they they didn't even change their direction you know they they, they left the planet of sunspotting completely change their sound um what they what they morphed into is is a little bit too calm to be my style um, i guess um, calm see, doesn't really... you're just not you're just not mature and intelligent enough to understand dealer tom Yo, I fucking hate Dealer. It's just, it's fucking pretentious. <laughs> it's so fucking pretentious. Yeah, yeah. You no, don't you understand? Post rock means it's good. <sighs> yeah, everything they've they've done recently feels that way. You know, just their merch and even their name. You know, boxing. Like, come on. But <laughs> oh, but that guess... wasn't an issue four years ago. <laughs> All right, Sunspotting is so good. You know, you can name a band Flight Patterns, and I would get behind it. <laughs> <laughs> so, that and, um, I, I guess I'm kind of sour, because the 7-inch the they did with Send Away Stranger something, I really liked, and I had to pay out the ass for, because of all the Foxing fans. I really, really, really love Send Away Stranger's discography. Every song they've ever done is, is just more than worthwhile. And the fact that Hard I paid agree. 30 bucks for it. You know, Hard agree. I love you for agreeing with me on that. I love you for existing. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to find people who are even aware that band exists. I was not aware um, of the band. I'm, there we go. I, I will say I, I became aware because of the split. It, hey, I no, wasn't. That's excusable. That's, that's like totally excusable. That's so long ago, you know, you've been pardoned. But. Oh, okay. But yeah, it, <laughs> it sucks. You know, they have like one song on it and they it up the price $25 because... Um, you know, someone with three boxing shirts in their drawer wants to collect everything they they ever wrote. 
Yeah, and they don't leave anything for us real fans who hate Dealer. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the real though, Dealer sucks. I just like that's not being ironic at all. How many times? All right, all right. Let's cap it. Let's cap it. Dealer sucks. All right, bam. Dealer sucks, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Like it's you know it's like a parking ticket. You know they kind of like waited out their time. <laughs> They're allowed to to make a new record now. <laughs> Yeah, like you're gonna alienate our counterintuitive records fan base if you keep talking crap about Dealer. So I'm in the minority on this podcast for um, being a little bit excited about this record because I do like slapstick. I don't know, like it it it, it sounds enough not like Dealer for me to be excited. So I know I know Ian Cohn is really stoked on this new record. Like he he's been tweeting about it. So I'm you know super excited to see uh, the think pieces that. Uh, are talking about how challenging it is and how it's exploding the confines of what emo is and could be. Um, really stoked, really stoked for that think piece in Stereo Gum or whatever. Brooklyn Vegan. Uh, Brooklyn Vegan covers good artists. That's true, that's true. So moving onwards, this really shook up the internet on Monday morning of last week, which was Tiger's Draw going on a 10th anniversary tour for their self-titled album. My immediate kind of head scratching thing was wait, but uh, the Adam guy is not in the band now. Who is like the majority of that album is sung by him, right? Um, I thought it was like half Adam, half Ben. Okay. Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know. I've I'm I'm not I'm not a Tiger's Jaw stan by any means. Uh, I'm not a Tiger's Jaw stan either, but that's like an amazing record. My immediate yeah. reaction was like ticket bought and paid for. Okay. Yeah. Uh not coming near me really besides chicago and takes a lot for me to go to chicago but i'll let everyone else be like stoked on this but uh but still like a main songwriter on the album not gonna be there i feel like that's kind of weird right or am i just you know i would be so stoked if they had wikifaze open for them on this tour but but not have adam come out and play any of the songs (laughs) that would be fucking great it does feel weird uh I this is too long ago now for me to remember, but was the split acrimonious? Was it like a nasty split? No, I think he just wanted to do other things. All right, so that's weird. That's a little yeah, that's odd. Um, and honestly, I I would assume that the Tiger Straw money is better than Wickaface money. Eh. I mean, Wickaface he doesn't really have to split with anyone. <laughs> well, yeah, but. You can charge. You can probably. I'm. I'm. I'm sure you. You paid like what thirty dollars for your Tiger Straw ticket. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's a lot. <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know, Tiger Straw, you got to split the income with whoever else is in the band. Wickaface, it's all coming to Adam. Yeah. So I'd probably say it's like roughly equivalent because okay. Wickaface is like, oh, what would you say, like sixty percent as popular as Tiger's Jaw were at their peak. I'm a little detached from that, so I can't... See. But I feel like Wickaface is, like, top three emo trap artists right now. They definitely, like... He definitely never reached the height of Little Peep or Nothing Nowhere. But he gets a lot of scratch for being in, like... For being, like, one of the pioneers. Mm-hmm. As well as being one of the artists who has, like, a connection to an emo band. What's in my head if someone's, like name three emo trap artists i would be like okay the probably the most popular three are lil peep nothing nowhere wickaface yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Or Ghost Mane? Is he is 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 he bigger? I mean, uh, you'd honestly find a lot of people who would dispute calling him emo trap in the first place. Okay. So don't even get in get into that. I I am not even I am not well versed enough in the genre dispute to like okay. make a call. So. Okay. Uh, but Tiger's Jaw touring on this album for his 10th anniversary. I did not see this existing for 10 years at this point. For some reason, I thought that was like five years. Um, there's definitely like there's definitely some people I know who were like, "What? That record came out in 2010, though?" Because you know they're posers. Um, <laughs> is that when Run for Cover scooped it up? Was 2010? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they okay. reissued it with the with the pizza cover. Yeah. Originally, yeah. it had like an animal on it, and it was red, right? Is that that mm-hmm. album? Yeah, Tom. I'm assuming yeah. you don't you don't like Tiger's Jaw or something, or you just have no yeah, opinion. Yeah, uh, I I don't I don't know. Um, I've uh... <laughs> Tom's like I don't really like pop punk, so this isn't my yeah. area of expertise. <laughs> yeah, Tiger's Jaw might as well be pop punk in my eyes. Um, not to talk crap about it. I mean, every, nothing nothing wrong with it. It's just uh, it's just not as you know, technical or interesting, creative as as the stuff I normally shoot for. Yeah, if you were like like your age now, in the eighties, you'd be the type of person who'd be into like Ingve Malmsteen and shit like that. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, yeah, some of these like little punk outfits are cool, but they just don't shred like Eddie Van Halen. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not like you know I don't. That's that's why I don't speak up on stuff like this. You know, I don't want to I don't want to bring anybody down. And I don't want to talk crap. It's just it's it's invalids versus Blink One Eighty Two. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, now talking shit is the entirety of what this podcast is. So don't worry. Tom. Yeah. Go off. Go off. Uh... Need I remind you, our third most popular episode <laughs> is us just talking shit for over an hour. <laughs> just we're we're just bringing up topics just to knock them on their ass. That was great. Um, Set up the fans, knock them down. So let's go on to another hot ass tour that got announced, which was this really long Mom Jeans tour. It's going to be headlined by Mom Jeans at one point's retirement party. Next next leg, it's just friends. Next leg, it's uh, awake but still in bed, and it's just rapping around the whole fucking whole fucking country yeah um the, i know they're playing with awake but still in bed on the austin date i would be so psyched to uh have shannon introduce me to mom jeans and tell them that i invented sparkle punk uh <laughs> and then they'll be like oh that's cool we're a we're, we're a we're a pot smoking power pop band we are post power pop or whatever <laughs> yeah. um all those p's sounded pop 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 punk it's a it's a weird securitous tour but more than that i i do think it goes to show like how interconnected the scene is now it's always like there's always been like a network but now it really seems like it's just like this is like the community of bands that you want to be in if you want to get clout is you got to be in with bart okay that's a statement is it yeah i mean that's like totally a thing of it it's like yeah i'm not wrong am i no no not at all but it's also like uh, like why 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 is that like something at all you know why is that so like what are Um, y'all's opinion on that why so i was i was having a conversation in the sub today because somebody was asking like what are the bands from 2010 to 2019 that we're gonna like 
look back on and revere as pioneers. And somebody was saying, like, you know, I think mom jeans are going to be remembered as significant. Uh, wow. But Oso Oso hasn't been around long enough to be remembered as significant. And yeah. I was like, wait, Mark wait, a second. <laughs> wait a second. They've been around for the same amount of time. Jade was in stands way yeah. before. Um, and I thought I like I'd say Unihon mixtape was like on par with best buds as far as popularity goes. And then they came back and uh, the person I was arguing with and they were like, well, if you go and look on, on Spotify, uh, best buds is like two or three times more popular than uh unihon mixtape um even like even with unihon being reissued on triple crown and all that stuff so like like it kind of is blowing my mind just how popular mom jeans is um and so that's why like mom jeans affiliated bands get so much clout because you get a lot of casual listeners who are into mom jeans and they dig the bands that mom jeans co-signs yeah yeah but that that i don't know that's like that kind of suck away clout you know what i mean it's like yeah ugh. you know puts i mean for on. people like us sure but for your average for your average kid who got got into emo through fucking mobo or whatever mom jeans is where it's fucking at like they're huge like their death cup has like two million plays on spotify yeah i sort of i don't know i knew they were gonna blow up um but yeah, two million is kind of ridiculous. I, I remember like when I first uh, um, started listening to them. Chris, the guy from uh, Sports, um, I'm sure both of y'all are familiar. Um, you know, sports, period. sports. Who is, who is yeah. that band? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so he uh, he texted me and he you know he he must have mentioned it um, every day, Sunday through Sunday, a whole week. You got to listen to this album. So I. Uh, at like 10 p.m. Um, on a Sunday night, I hit play, and I was like, wow, this is like going places. I, I think I took a screenshot of the plays, and it must something like a 1, thousand, 1,300, because I was like so sure that they were going to blow up. So I was planning on printing those uh, screenshots out and selling them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe passing them down to my kids, something like that. <laughs> uh, an emo heirloom, if you will. Power pop. Not- Powers pop. Post power pop pot smoke that. I would like to correct myself. Uh, the band Shortly is also on this tour. Um, it was that? Shortly? So, so I've been using this term a lot. Fake big. You know, bands that have managers and Ooh. booking agents but actually aren't big. Shortly is such a fucking definitive example of what a fake big band is. No one here has heard of them. Not even in the this. same realm of music, but kind of like being as an ocean. What is that? Oh, being as an ocean, like totally bought like a hundred thousand Facebook likes and Tumblr follows and whatnot. Okay. Neither of you have heard of of like shortly, right? Right. Yeah. So they have a manager and a booking agent, and apparently, and no like, clout. <laughs> yeah, no clout. Like no, neither of us have ever fucking heard of them. Yeah. Which obviously means they have zero clout. Yeah, I uh. saw them. <laughs> I, I saw them not knowing who they were like three weeks ago because they were opening for a show I was at. And I was like, this is okay. And then I just looked them up. I was like, what the f- the This band's on fucking Triple Crown? I've never heard of them. And like, they don't have like a following or anything. Um, Do you, y- y- y'all remember 
back in the heyday of vagrant records and drive through records when there is a whole shitload of like nobody bands getting signed because they kind of sounded like what the zeitgeist was you know like they were they were getting signed to like bigger labels because you know they sounded like newfound glory or get up kids or whatever yeah um do you think like we're in the same era right now i mean i'd argue that it kind of happened a little bit ago with like that the whole think piece hashtag emo revival thing but i think this is like maybe just another era of that like we're really like seeing the the roots come home to roost you know i thought about that too like our labels signing a band with the intention of making money off of them instead of absolutely absolutely because that's what labels do i would argue that that's always happening but i think specifically with emo i mean mom jeans are worth a fuck ton of money right now like that's undeniable like this tour is i mean fucking just friends are selling out shows that's crazy on that note of like vagrant and like equal vision and shit like that like remember when they were signing bands like bear versus shark that we adore now but nobody knew what the fuck to do with them that like killed the yeah. band. like that like killed the careers of bear versus shark and uh deer in the headlights like those were like people adore those bands. oh man i mourn the loss of deer in the headlights every single day yeah um because like because the fucked up part is like they could have they could have succeeded if they were like touring with say anything and 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 yeah. stuff like that like in defense of the genre era say anything like like you said the label didn't know what the fuck to do with them the label didn't know what to do with fucking terror hawk mm-hmm. which was a super accessible record by bear versus shark standards yeah but sounded nothing like the the big albums of 2005 like it didn't sound like fall of troy or anything like that so right they got short shrift just out of curiosity, I did an R emo sort uh, search for shortly, and there's only one post about them. Uh, short. So. I'm, I'm hearing this right, like shortly. Yeah, shortly. Yeah, what the fuck? So like, if you like Google, like shortly, and then their albums, it, Google categorizes them as folk, but when you look at them on Spotify, they're they're related artists' perspective, a lovely hand to hold my fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's like way off too because it's like it's like it's like indie leading oh don't, are they don't. are they there's no, there's no way uh there's like i didn't even see a single picture where it wasn't an acoustic guitar being held so like <laughs> it's like come on you know related artist mccafferty yeah maybe you know i mean sure. clearly they were trying they were trying to jump on that mumford and sons money but they saw what the fuck does it have to do with emo like they saw what they saw where the tides were turning so they 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 made a jump is clearly what happened you can see a through line with awake but still in bed retirement party just friends and mom jeans but with shortly they're they're a fucking band from michigan that like no one's heard of i'm like fixated and i'm like how weird that is homie i'm from michigan i still have a ton of friends in michigan text them no one they... no one no one hipped me to shortly <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah, I... well, read their bio on spotify like shortly has already shared the stage with jeff rosensock and tiny moving parts like what what is that some manager put them on that bill it's, how much money do you like think like bills. the drummer has or sorry the drummer's mom how much money do you think the drummer's mom has i don't know maybe they got ties to like little caesars or something <laughs> Um, they, uh, yeah, they're sponsored by the Kia Soul. 
All right. So we got a lot out of that one. Mom jeans touring from September through November. Um, shortly retirement party, just friends awake but still in bed. Have fun reading the poster. It's kind of uh, hard to tell who's on what date. <laughs> Moving it's on. It's still not like as much of a mess as that code orange poster, <laughs> oh, but it's up there. Yeah. Another fun topic here is Sam Ray, formerly known as Teen Suicide, currently known as American Pleasure Club, was talking some shit on on Mom Jeans on Twitter. It, it like really blew up too. Um, there's like yeah, it was there was a lot of chatter about it on Twitter and the sub. I guess Mom Jeans and Sam kind of talked it out. I don't really remember what that resulted in. Um, I think he, I think Sam kind of joked about it, and was saying on like, oh yeah, they're gonna be on my next record now. Um, okay. First of all, Sam Ray talking shit on someone on Twitter, no big deal. That's that's his mo. That's that's why Fugazi 420 exists. But part I... two, is it a little too close to home with him? With I mean, first of all, Mom Jeans worth a ton more than American Pleasure Club presently. Mom Jeans worth more than Teen Suicide were ever. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Sam Ray is. Following his his career and his online presence has been an adventure in seeing how poorly someone can consistently conduct themselves on the internet without without just like destroying their career like Nick Cafferty. Yeah, um, he he is he he has successfully got away with it. Yeah, why? I don't know. How is it because he's know. that funny? Is it because he's like legitimately that funny? Because I do think he's like a witty fellow. It's just shocking to me, like, the sheer amount of shit he's talked over the years. It's, it's like, like even, like, a, a band like The World Is, where, like, their entire Twitter presence is based on being, like, snarky and mean-spirited. Like, they've never, like, reached the level of Sam Ray where they can just say mean shit and people are like, oh, that's what they do. Although The World Is did get called out for the whole, uh, turn in your badge and blow your brains out tweet no that's what i'm saying the world is gets called out sam ray has doesn't get called out for this shit right people are just like oh it's sam ray but going at mom jeans is that like extra fucked up though because they're basically in the same genre um i'm sure they have tons of mutual friends do you think that was just kind of like a low blow or what I mean, who gives a shit? Right. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. it comes Jealousy. to when it comes to like talking like the most snarky shit you can, I don't think you can play favorites like that. No, I don't think so. Sorry, uh, I interrupted Tom. What were you gonna say? Oh yeah, I don't have much to add. You know, I think it's kind of dumb. Um, he should have known better um, to do that. I'm sure he got harassed all day by Mom Jean's rabid fan base. Yeah, I, don't I, th- I don't think Sam Ray gives a shit if he gets harassed. By the way, please don't like take anything of I'm saying as like Sam Ray apologism. I think <laughs> he's like almost, he's almost certainly one of the biggest assholes in our music scene. Um, but the like you said, it's his mo. Like his his whole thing is he will talk shit and not care. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't see like why we're drawing the line now at him talking shit on Mom Jeans is in bad taste. Who's drawing the line here? What? Who? That's what Kyle. That's what Kyle said. He was like, "Is this maybe a low blow because they share friends?" And I, I'm saying no. Like, no. when you talk as much shit as Sam Ray does, like, you can't play favorites because then that makes you, that like takes away the entire power of your persona. I will say, like, he like deleted the tweet, which is more than he's done previously. Oh, that's um, cowardly. 
people were really upset about it, which is like what's kind of dumb. Yeah, but what type of person was upset? Are we talking about fourteen-year-olds, or are we talking about like? I'm talking about bands. Like, like bands were talking shit about it. I don't know. You know, you don't have to be upset to to write a tweet. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's what's happening. Yeah, let's join in. I I don't know. I'm I'm not really on Twitter, so. Good. Because <laughs> <laughs> this shit that doesn't matter matters to the world and of course at the end of the episode we'll shout out our twitter and oh. tell people to follow yeah i mean yeah just follow us for the fucking cheese puns i make for emo bands <laughs> so yeah sam ray doing doing sam ray got got caught doing sam ray follow him on twitter at fugazi420 next thing real 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 bummer and get upset about news is that commander salamander are to go on hiatus, or they're currently on hiatus. Um, mm-hmm. Ellie, I'm gonna assume that you know more about this. I am uh, really, really good friends with everyone in Commander Salamander, uh, especially Claudio. Like, I know, I know so much that I almost feel uncomfortable talking about it because of like okay. the the shit that's going down. But what I will say is that uh, the biggest reason for going on hiatus is definitely Liam's mental health. Like that's a that's a serious uh, issue right now, to the point to the point where like the the band almost broke up over it. What I saw was, you know, we got slapped with a ticket that we literally couldn't afford, and it was a bullshit ticket. Um, and then oh, it was they were staying in the left lane for too long, which has <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, fun fact: uh, you commit a moving violation every thirty seconds. Um, and I think the reason there are so many moving violations is so cops have an excuse to meet their quota every oh, day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know that Liam commented on the Reddit post that got shared about them going hiatus saying, like, yo, like, my my mental health is really bad. I couldn't go, like, more than 10 minutes without saying something about, like, wanting to hurt myself. I was just like, wow, yeah. Do not, do not stay on the road when you're like that. It's, it, it got worse. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And this means that the album is delayed, or do you know anything about that? As far as I know, they're trying, like, they're really trying to get back on track by the time that, like, the album gets released because it's basically done. Okay. And you know, they had they have like a lot of stuff in the pipes right now that is like pretty much like ready to go. Yeah. So really, like, the the only thing is making sure that you know everyone in the band is able to continue being in the band obviously best of luck and best wishes to liam and the and the group i mean we're all big fans here i'm one, one of my favorite bands from from the freshman class for sure and uh, if they if if they do break up i will be like absolutely brokenhearted i mean not even on a musical level like just like the the people in that band are like some of my favorite people in diy mm-hmm. like straight up like really good friends so, yeah. uh, we all love you, Liam. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all love you, Claudio. We all love you, Fernando. Best wishes. Yeah. Um, I dead ass did not see this next one on this rundown, but the Hotelier are recording soon. Uh, yeah. Where did you see that? It was in the sub. Okay. Um, it got posted uh, like a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, but they were talking to Christian. Uh, somebody was talking to Christian after the show, and basically they were just like yeah we're recording within the next six months uh so probably 
early 2019 release date we're looking at for the next hotelier record mm-hmm. um and i'm excited to see where they're going with this because i you know i'm not a huge fan of goodness but i do respect that every single record that the hotelier has done has had a markedly different style yeah um so i'm excited to see like what ways in which they branch out i feel like they don't like reinvent themselves on new on each album but it's also just like a new brand of the hotelier on yeah each they're album. not pulling like a dealer <laughs> they also don't have any stinkers in the catalog Ooh, uh what? i'm not gonna go to bat for goodness you won't not... go to bat i love goodness you like indie rock and that makes you lame i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah agreed <laughs> Man, I'm the only one that can fucking ride for goodness on this podcast. Weird. Um, I mean, you didn't even ride for a home like No Place Is There for like two years, Kyle. So don't that was shit. like one year. It was like Fuck one you. year. Hey, and I will admit <laughs> that. But anyway, th- that's exciting news that I'm finding out right here. I'm curious to see if they're going to like work with Tiny Engines some more. I think I heard that Sub Pop went after them after Home Like No Places There, which would have been... That is that is not a match made in heaven at all. No. I don't know what Sub Pop would do with them. Make them college rock or something? I don't know. I hate the phrase college rock. I wouldn't bestow it on my worst enemies band. But that is definitely what Sub Pop traffics in, for lack of a better word. I, I think it'd be really hard to make the hotelier conform to any image that they wanted them to portray. Yeah, I mean, Christian's like an anarchist, right? Yes, Christian is straight up an anarchist. That's awesome. Um, the band as a whole is just like incredibly progressive on issues related to police brutality and yeah. gender yeah. and all that sort of shit. So, I mean, I don't really, I don't really see them popping up on like x1075 hot modern rock anytime soon you know (laughs) but if they did it it would totally just to like rob the system or something like that okay also ellie maybe tom how much do you know about like christian's obsession with poker i know nothing about this tom yeah absolutely nothing hotel year you know isn't really um you probably could have guessed isn't really my type of a band not that i haven't heard their stuff and uh I got a two of the records sitting on the shelves, but yeah, not my stuff. Let's hear it though. Poker. Uh, like, like Christian just like plays poker a lot. Like half of his tweets are about being at the table, like playing poker. <laughs> and I think like Ian Cohen or some some sort of review was like like alluding to one of the songs being about poker or something. And what? Just, yeah, like this is real. Like like Christian is like into poker I'm for not gonna... one the concept of poker seems like antithetical to anarchism because that's like the most capitalist game of all time so i don't know but this is like a real thing like christian plays poker and tweets okay about have it. you guys have you guys ever seen that movie rounders not for a very nope. long time no no i haven't no i'm googling it though never ever okay so it's a movie with uh, matt damon and ed norton and it came out in 98 i want to say and it's just like this movie about them being like underground illegal poker players honestly like i think john malkovich plays the villain if i recall correctly uh and it's honestly like kind of a punk rock fucking movie so maybe that maybe maybe christian saw rounders once upon a time when they were uh a youngin and really grabbed a hold of it because that's like the only explanation i can come up with 
I found a stereo gum piece that has some stuff to do with poker. I'm going to read it out loud here. One of the ways Holden, Christian uh, Holden, has made peace with the demands of capitalism is to play online video per poker, specifically tournament poker, through the website Bravada. After several games of coup, Holden and I have gone upstairs to their room for a several hour interview that will end up stretching past midnight. Their computer is still logged in to the poker site. <laughs> Let me go back. One of the ways Holden has made peace with the demands of capitalism is to play <laughs> online video <laughs> poker. <laughs> what an amazingly well-constructed sentence. So, that's... That piece should win the Pulitzer Prize. Um, are we gonna... Oh, it's this is not Ian Cohen. This is written by Michael Tedder. And it's called Anarchy in Worcester, Mass. Michael Tedder? I've never even heard of her. Um, I know, I, I did think, like, back in the day, there was an interview that they did where they talked about, like, the, the Amherst and Boston hardcore scene, and they shouted out Last Lights as, like, a particular influence on the Hotelier sound. And I thought that was pretty dope. That's cool. <laughs> uh, again, proving my assertion that all the best emo bands are like either directly or indirectly descended from hardcore. So, at least the good ones, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, now we're gonna get back to our weekly segment about Nick from McCafferty. Nick Cafferty. <laughs> um, also... This is great. It's like. Yeah, welcome back to Nick Watch on the E word. McCafferty, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, after the meltdown in the sub, uh, I thought that they went quiet, but I guess activated those Twitter accounts and was talking about doing a compilation of Nick's solo work under McCafferty. Which is bizarre to me because McCafferty has always basically just been Nick's solo thing and right? whoever he like, could have convinced to be in the band with him i mean like that's a valid thing like like we were talking about with a with shannon and awake but still in bed like that's just a bunch of people she convinced to be her band yeah um but i, I with mccafferty i imagine like it was much more difficult to find people to be in a band with nick yeah what's that really big metal band that i think it's like the faceless like the main songwriter is like like a horrible heroin addict and the band like he's he's just like he just assembles musicians that keep quitting i almost guarantee that that's the faceless yeah um just because they're like infamous for going through ridiculous lineup changes yeah um i don't know that's not really my scene though it's a uh, you know a little too technical for me um <laughs> not really my thing <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, so, yeah, um, Nick is coming back with material, and, you know, on Twitter, people just keep screenshotting his meltdown <laughs> on Reddit to him. <laughs> and he fucking... Okay, every response he's given has been a quote tweet, and it's just... it It's it's just ugly. Um, a lot of the people involved is Sammy Heck. Um, just telling him to fuck off and of course alex from chatterbox you said you said sammy heck yeah yeah sammy is one of my favorite people ever i love her yeah um deep sea records is her label and yeah alex from chatterbot uh 
yeah, Deep Sea is is Sammy's label. Mm-hmm. Um, I Nick, as we talked about last episode, Nick just like aggressively misgendered Alex a shitload of times. Yeah, over the course of that Reddit thread, which is super super disgusting. And honestly, I'm surprised that Alex is like still attempting to engage with Nick. Although, like, that's admirable on Alex's part to like try and continue to talk Nick down from whatever social medium cliff he's on. Mm-hmm. Um, Kississippi is going to bat a lot on Twitter. Um, yeah, which is just cool because that's you know she she like basically doesn't need to be doing this, but it's cool that she's like going to bat and telling them telling Nick to fuck off and stuff. Um, yeah. One other point I saw, I was just kind of like, "Whoa, this is this is kind of wild." Is that one of the guitarists in that band, Barely Civil, who was who was on the same label as McCafferty, was telling Nick to fuck off, and like he was like, and then Nick was like roping in the labels, like, "Hey, you should sign better bands and shit like that." I was like, "Fuck off!" Yeah. Wow. It's wild. It is like the wild, wild west when you're dealing with this motherfucker. Can we just, can we just like give Nick his sippy cup and put him in the corner for like the next couple years, like? Or I guess we no, could all just stop I, being bullies, right? Yeah, let's stop. Let's all stop being like big SJW bullies, because obviously that's a thing that yeah. is real, especially if you're a teacher. Jesus Christ. Um, I, I don't know. I guess my comment about, like, giving him a sippy cup and putting him in the corner is kind of mean. Like, clearly he just needs help. Like, he's a, like, he's visibly sick. Like, he is ill. Um, and he needs help. But mm-hmm. he's literally just been having a long-form temper tantrum for, like, a month now. Yeah. Tom, do you stay out of all this stuff? Yeah, you know, uh, I guess I try to be a kind of like a positive person. Um you know, I like talking smack as much as the next person, but not if uh, not if that person's gonna see it or hear it or it's gonna make somebody feel bad. So yeah. Uh, no, see, I'm the opposite. Like, I hate talking shit if I know the person's not gonna see it, because that just makes me feel like I'm doing it behind their back. I want people to know what I think. I don't. Know, but you're just like such a wholesome person. Like, it almost <laughs> makes it feel bad that you're on this podcast. Right I feel now. like I'm corrupting you. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm laughing too. It's just, uh, yeah. Yeah, but you know. got that. Like, you got that like down home accent. <laughs> I feel like you're like, what? Stop bickering over Twitter and just come over here and eat some pie with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, as I said on last episode, I sincerely wish Nick gets the help that he needs. Uh, I feel like step one is to unplug, log off, dude. Log off. Log off. Log off. Log off. Nick. Nick is extremely online. <laughs> Who is more online, Death Grips or Nick Cafferty? <laughs> I don't even know his fucking last name. That's why I've been calling him Nick Cafferty this whole time. I, I think someone replied to something that's uh, Mick McCafe because that's the brand of McDonald's <laughs> McCafe tea. Uh, yeah, Matt, Tom, I'm sure you saw this, that Matt got blocked by Cafferty. Yeah, I mean, like, how much, like, like, why, though? You know, like, was it really that bad? No, nothing that anyone has been saying to Nick has been out of line, in my opinion. Yeah, if he goes online so much to to talk shit or, you know, 
continues to fight, I don't know why he'd block anybody. Because it seems like, to me, he goes out of his way to, to start this. And, you know, conversely, I don't think Sam Ray uh, has blocked anyone. <laughs> That's the barometer. You either you, you either die a Sam Ray or you live long enough to see yourself become a Nick Caffrey. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a perfect name for this episode if we did that. We should start naming episodes. I should think. we? Give it, okay. Yeah, give them cute little names. All right. Know. We'd look like a Fueled by Ramen CD circa 2005. <laughs> oh, dear God. Next up, we've got uh, more new music on the way. Got a new Origami Angel EP on the way. And we got a new song by Origami Angel. And I motherfucking closed the tab with the title in it. Um... Help me out. Oh, me God. Effective. Effective. Did you just say dealer? It's a dealer, too. Sorry. It's effective power. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, um, I've talked a little bit already about how I've already heard the CP. Um, you're, no one's ready for it. Uh, <laughs> no, one's, no one's prepared. Like, I like Quiet Hours just fine. Um, like, I definitely like Origami Angel. This EP is kind of similar to the one Darkle just put out, where it's like leaps and bounds, like the best material that they've done so far. Like, it's insanely good. Um, really good jazz influences, uh, like some really tastefully incorporated heavy moments, some some nice like acoustic work here and there. Like, it's gonna it's gonna be it should be like fucking huge like it should be mom jeans level like oh, that's how shit. hard i'm writing for this season. yeah i don't know i i didn't i didn't hear it um i'm, I'm not gonna say it bad you know but and it isn't my style to begin with but i don't i don't think it had that pop or that that you know super special sheen that best buds had to blow up to that level you know i don't I think, think best buds has that super I, special sheen <laughs> yeah i guess ben saying that no comment. Yeah. Gami, Gami gang. Um, I think I think origami. Like, it's like we were talking about earlier. Like that, that that spark deep down inside my heart that that some emo bands can just like grab onto and not let go. I think Origami Angel has that, and they perfected it with the CP. Um, so you like, like, what other bands have that? Would you say you know, like perspective, you know, sports. Um, perspective for sure. Not really sports for me. I like them fine, but they don't have that. Uh, Algernon, Street Smart. Um, what about Grown Ups? Grown Ups for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I kill giants. For I kill Tom. giants. Yeah. Uh, High Tide Hotel. Um, Brave Little Abacus. Yeah, like, cast of just it. Like, just like this fire in their belly. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, I, I didn't hear that at all on the new album. Yeah. It's it, it's it's intan it's intangible, I guess. Like it's obviously a subjective thing. I don't know. It's just like this certain passion that I'm hearing on this EP that I really enjoy. In addition to how super duper polished and varied the songwriting is. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Definitely. I haven't heard the whole EP yet, but I will say that if if effective power was on quiet hours the the ep it would have been my favorite song on it that being said i think this is the best song that i've heard by them so i am excited to press play on the ep when i can 
the the EP should be out by the time that this episode is out. So, which is July sixth. Yeah. Uh, so, doing the most, the new EP by Origami Angel is online. Um, <laughs> it's extremely online. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. And what was next? Uh, Jerome's dream. Yes, which I have not listened to. Uh, but I. Okay. I regret pre-ordering this and contributing to this Kickstarter because they send so many fucking emails. So that that's why not for any of the reasons that I went on my like torrential rage. Oh, I like. <laughs> yeah. I felt so cool. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna fund the new Jerome Stream record, and then like like five hours later we're just talking about this i'm like i'm just gonna act like this conversation never took place because i pre-ordered <laughs> it <laughs> what they're doing is like completely not punk at all and i didn't expect it to get this bad but it's gotten bad like and i'm not really one to whine about things not being like punk enough but yeah. this is a this is egregious yeah tom Tom, I want more of your thoughts. I want you to... Yeah, uh... What's your take on Jerome's dream? Yeah, another one of those, uh... I I don't know. Um, I... I'm not impartial, I I like it. Uh, but it's another one of those bands that doesn't really, you know, like, grab my shirt and throw me onto the couch. You're saying Scream, like, a, a definitive Screamo band doesn't grab your shirt? Uh... You know, I really haven't ever uh, much, much liked it, really, if, if I'm being honest. You know, bands like Rookie Town, you know, I'm, I'm like all the way into, uh, like, Nevaska, Flowers Tape Depends. Um, it's funny you bring up Flowers Tape Depends because uh, Flowers Tape Depends hates Flowers Tape Depends. <laughs> <laughs> like, every member of that band fucking hates Flowers Tape Depends now. <laughs> like, to deny that they were ever in it and stuff? No, they don't deny it, but, like, I was, like, Connie hates talking about it. Um, I was talking to Jesse, and they were like, uh, I I feel super ashamed <laughs> of Flowers Tape Depends. Isn't that how, ex- like, Doyle feels about grown-ups? Yeah, uh, but the reasons for them being ashamed of Flowers Tape Depends is that, like, besides them feeling like the music that they were doing isn't super good anymore like one they feel like the music's been dated and two they feel like they were exploiting mental health like they were they were exploiting mental illness really like they just felt like they were kind of capitalizing on the depression shtick and they aren't comfortable with that anymore what do you do with that feeling uh, jeez that's like so i guess uh flower state pens would not be one of those bands that uh deals with mental health in a in a positive uplifting way uh, scratch them from the last episode's list. <laughs> the new Jerome's Dream track, is it good? Uh, so they, they've released a couple tracks so far. The, within the last two days, they released two tracks. One, like, most of, most of what they've released has been, like, these, like, quietly played, like, guitar demos. Basically, like, the bare bones of what, like, part, part of the guitar track for a certain song will become what um, yeah so it sounds yeah it's just very like it it's not even like tantalizing like it's not even like oh i can't wait to see what the rest of this sounds like it's like what even is this this is like 
like it's when you look at and um, like you like you know back in the day when like creationists would make those videos uh like trying to refute atheists and they'd hold up like a picture of a fish and say you're trying to tell me that this and then like holds up a picture of a man and says evolved into this and then gives like a smug look at the camera that's what it feels like it feels like this is the fish uh and do you know what this also feels like this feels like they're trying to market or they're like trying to you remember when cloverfield was first coming out And they wouldn't reveal what the monster was, and everyone's like, oh, we're finally getting a Cthulhu movie, or whatever the fuck. That's what <laughs> yeah. they're acting like this album is. It's like, oh, we fucking talked together for the first time, let's release a two-hour conversation about it. Okay, so so three of the tracks are what I said, the guitar thing. And then the fourth is a weird ambient interlude. Um, fucking, like, something... I, I, what's an ambient artist? Somebody help me out. Phil, uh, Specter. No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Glass. No, Philip Glass is neoclassical. Don't get it twisted. Um, uh, but just like weird ambient shit that has no place being on a record that Kurt Ballou is making. <laughs> <laughs> Like the more and more I find out about this Jerome's Dream record, the less and less stoked I am. Yeah. Like I'm so excited for my first like hate listen of it, like a <laughs> month after it comes out. Yeah. Pat was basically like, he has like an irrational hatred for Jerome's Dream, like, <laughs> like, you know how he could like usually go to bat for his opinions. He's just like. It's always funny to hear like hardcore dudes talk about screamo like that that that's funny to me and conversely it's like super funny to hear like emo kids talk about hardcore i was uh reading heart attack uh just some old issues of heart attack the other day and uh somebody they were doing a kent did a review of that old zine hardware i don't know if either of you are aware of it Mm -mm. um but they were like these are like skinny whiny little emo kids who are pretending to be like big tough nyhc guys and so they like shit on antioch arrow but like worship agnostic front uh and it just kind of really feels like they got pushed around a lot in the lunch line at school (laughs) (laughs) um all right we ready to move on yeah we're getting into the, the big topics now right yeah yeah so we thought it would be good to talk about some two two big albums that are dominating the sub and dominating the scene and beyond and that would be just friends with their new record nothing but love and mom jeans with their upcoming leaked album puppy love okay so to start off with um this this new red hot chili peppers record it's uh it's (laughs) something i i would give it five bass slaps out of five I would give it I would give it probably eight track marks out of ten. I would um, give it ten dick socks out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um I hate red hot chili peppers. Uh <laughs> don't worry, this is important. <laughs> um, so uh the first time I heard Just Friends, I listened to their debut 
and I was like, this is fucking great. Like the, this, it, it felt very scrappy. It felt very raw. And yet the songwriting still felt very compelling. Um, did I think it was emo? No, it felt like pop punk. Like it felt like rough hewn indie rock, pop punk type stuff with horns, but still it was cool. Uh, and, and also not and then when i first still. started listening to nothing but love uh they're doing like cool jazz stuff on this album the f- so the first th- when i first started listening to nothing but love the first couple tracks i was like this is lifeless like i feel no energy coming out of these tracks like it felt very sterile um and then that interlude came in you know where's give me my stick stickly you know and as soon as someone like makes a reference to attack attack i'm on board so i don't know whether it was that or whether like the songwriting just kicked up a notch but i fucking love the back half of this record like i think the the back half of nothing but love is amazing um and i like that they're incorporating hip-hop influences like it's really hard to incorporate hip-hop into rock without it coming off as just brutally cringy um and they they worked around that by just actually having like, you know, a real rapper. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. It just felt it, like the back half of the record overshadows the first half of the record to me to like the point where I go, I skip straight to the interlude now when I listen to the album. Um, and it's a good record. It is, it, it is a good record. If you take that back half on its own and it's doing cool things. Why the fuck is 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 it being posted in our email? Because of the cosigns it's gotten, because the label it's on, it's because people don't know. Is uh, this going to circle back to what I said earlier? You get the Bart cosign you're in. Y- yeah, but Sam, the vocalist, basically sounds like he's crying on the first album, so people probably assume that's emo, right? I mean, and he does get back into that vocal style a little bit near the end. Like, it's like the second to last song, I think, where it's really apparent. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't, it like, doesn't even sound like marginally emo. Like, it doesn't even have, like, the the fake sparkles. No. Artwork. No. Uh, Tom, where where are you at with this band? Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff that gets uh, posted to the subreddit doesn't necessarily sound like emo to me and you know it can it can garner upvotes too but this uh i mean i i guess it just sticks extra hard because of its crew um that and the fact that it's more palatable than than something like you know straight up pop punk would be to me right i mean there's a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily belong in the subreddit um, i mean let's just it's... take an objective look at it this is just a really good 311 record why is it <laughs> why is it getting emo clout is it like, getting emo clout though? You know? Oh, for, it is sure. for emo sure, for sure. Emo clout? Yes. 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 Who are who are these people that can that can you know give out emo clout so wrongly? Bart. Bart. Yeah, I'm. You know. Bart and Jake. I, they distance Jake, themselves Jake so much from from emo. You know, I think they they try and they they do a good job of trying to distance themselves from from the word and the not the community necessarily, but. But that tag and that that connotation 
Um, yeah, but they're going on tour with Mom Jeans, which is an excellent way to not disassociate yourself from. The yeah, but even Mom Jeans, they they try and not, you know, they don't use the word emo, like you know. Right. I, yeah, but then they get all pissy when people say that. Oh, you're not emo. You know, I mod the subreddit, so I have to make the calls on what is and isn't allowed. You know, Tom, you might crucify me for this. I don't think Twinkle shit is emo, personally. Like I put it under the um, umbrella for like convenience but to me that's not emo it's not a mode of hardcore yeah i uh i, I try and um if, it, if it's me talking um i i guess i use emo as a slang word but yeah i, I try and stick to twinkle daddy i ain't gonna crucify you <laughs> i'm you sure trying to stick to twinkle daddy that that respected uh slang term and see like this is how like anal retentive i am like i draw a line between twinkle daddy and between midwest and between emo revival like to me yeah. all three of those things are very different you even have the whole think piece genre <laughs> <laughs> that's hashtag emo revival the think piece era. Yeah. yeah um so i want to jump in here and say that counterintuitive did their justice by never saying that this band was emo so it's it's literally just the people taking it and running with it but i think the new catch-all term is going to be diy i mean it's already happening but i think people are just going to be like oh this is diy music which is fucking stupid first of all diy is not a sound that's not a sound that's not a scene why do you think that like hey i i really like this cool diy band um they, they're called see you space cowboy uh what other what other bands should i check out oh wait yeah wait, you wait. should check out you should check out this cool other uh diy band uh the guided by voices yeah <laughs> who the fuck is saying that though who is using that term like that have y'all seen people say that yeah and it's, yeah it's i'm not gonna lie it's the counterintuitive kids kids, kids. that just like I mean, yeah they're kids yeah that's the only shows that they can go to are diy shows wow yeah that's uh that, that's kind of dumbass i guess when you don't know the fucking difference the least you can do is is not use a like a tag or a genre as a descriptor so diy you know i gotta hand it to man them. They it's, don't know it's all just rock music you. man it's all just rock music <laughs> i actually like this record i f- i feel a lot of ways about it like it's so fucking corny i think supersonic is one of the most cringe inducing songs i've like heard in a long time but it's like a good cringe like the same like when you get the cringe chills but like they're also like the good music chills but the lyrics are literally the way you make me feel supersonic the way you move is so hypnotic like like (laughs) i mean how did sam uh, beat anthony kiedis to that lyric We've we've all listened we've all listened to like SR seventy one and bands of that ilk, right? Yeah. Like it's the same type of like cringe, but this is fun. They're pulling from the same well as Sugar Ray here. I'm with you. <laughs> um, there's this one Sugar Ray song that's actually good. Uh, it's not Fly, but it's like from that era, and I'm struggling to remember the name of it now. Uh, it's like all the things that I used to say, all the words that got in the way. That song, you know what I'm talking about? What's that song yeah. called? I, I that's I forget I it. Uh, I it know. plays at my work all the time though, and it's grown on me. Maybe it's Stockholm syndrome, but <laughs> I I get a little bit of that vibe from Just Friends. Yeah, and they totally would 
be okay with that, I think. Um, yeah, I think that's intentional. Yeah. yeah. And I would say I would say that just friends is the color of my energy. Um, <laughs> uh, my favorite song that I can like proudly listen to, and I would blast in my car is Flex. That that's my favorite song on the album. I think. Honestly, the interlude is my favorite. Hear that? I'm making a sucking sound because this record sucks. It it's fucking brilliant. I love it so much. It's it, so good. It always it always brightens up my day when like bands are actually funny. Even when the music's not that good, like I hate the darkness, but that band was like legitimately made up of funny ass motherfuckers. Yeah. Also just I I wanna give all my respect to them for just committing to this so hard. From like the album art to the fucking to the fucking skits on their album like they are committing to their and it's it's not committing to the bit they're just committing to the just friends aesthetic is that what it is just it's yeah, the, the just, new friends, just bit. friends aesthetic yeah and i think that's cool as fuck and it's i mean it's cool that they're selling out shows i mean i don't know what kind of spots they're playing but if you gotta i just gotta give them props for that and yeah, i think it's shortly if you're if you're listening to the podcast shortly take note you know, hit him up. <laughs> God damn it. I feel so bad for shortly. <laughs> I just like expose I, them. I don't I don't feel bad for them. They'll bounce back. They're with the the basis that dad's like lawyer money or whatever. Huh? So are there any other like thoughts on just friends? Like how are like I guess I'm curious as to like like how did this become so big and quickly and is it like does it have a chance of getting big outside of the diy scene i think the reason it's gotten big is because of that like the draw of the late 90s early 2000s nostalgia okay you know like i think that's definitely a big part of it people you know they miss they miss hearing danny california on the radio so this like really appeals to that to that sect that those kids who grew up listening to you know poppy funk rock bands <laughs> when that was like a thing it was a thing it's weird um yeah. but as far as like getting big outside of diy circles i don't know i think just friends are like too weird for that because <laughs> it's not like they're gonna try and open up for sublime with rome they right. don't want that they just want i mean i a... guess i i'm not gonna say never say never because you know fucking butthole surfers had a number one single back in 96 but but i really hope they do a mucky pup cover soon i'm not gonna be surprised if we see the just friends tiny moving parts support tour you know like that's that's something that could totally be coming up for them and it's gonna be the weirdest thing in the world but to people like us that are paying attention to where this is coming up it's not gonna be surprising you know yeah it's gonna feel like a natural progression to to see funk rock with the twinkle daddies like it's, it's 2018 can't even predict this shit anymore should we just start calling just friends funk daddies <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right are we done chopping it up yeah okay yeah so the next album that we're gonna dive into is the new mom jeans record puppy love I mean, is it too much to say that this might be the biggest emo album of 
of 2018 so far? I think I think saying might is underselling it. Okay. Um, it will be, or it or it, it currently will, is. It will be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it literally already is. Um, yeah. I'm assuming most people listening to the podcast have already heard it because it leaked. Um, on Deezer. On Deezer. Uh, the only thing better would be if it had been like leaked on title. Um, exactly. Uh, I, I think that this is their best material. Like, I I don't know what what's in the water this year, but like a whole bunch of bands are coming out with like the best stuff they've ever done, and this is like by far my favorite Mom Jeans material. Um, like literally, like I like the Grad Life split fine, but off Best Buds, the only song that appealed to me, on like that bass level is Scott Pilgrim be my GPA. Like that, that was my favorite song. This does, this isn't necessarily going in the same direction as Scott Pilgrim be my GPA, but it, it's a, it's 10 songs that are of that quality. Like I enjoy every single song on this album. Oh, really? Damn. Okay. Um, yeah. I think musically and production wise. Yeah. I think it's the most palatable stuff for me to the point where I like it. And that's coming from someone who has the lowest expectations because I think Best Buds is painfully mediocre. Um, yeah. And, and that. Yeah, for the most part, aside from Scott Pilgrim. And and coupled with the fact that they are like leading, leading the charge of this new emo, whatever, 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 like that just makes it worse for me. You know, like that. The most painfully average thing is garnered. Yeah, I just most... want to reiterate. I want to reiterate. Death Cup has over two million plays on Spotify. Yeah, and I can think of my favorite emo band, and they probably have an eighth of that, maybe even a half eighth. Uh, for we terms here, um, <laughs> they have a nug of that. Um, <laughs> My favorite new band's got some, got some shake of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's just where I'm coming from with like being impressed with the album. Um, so yeah, it's like it's not like winning me over. I'm not gonna be like rocking the fucking mom jeans crew neck that's on tour with them now. But like, fucking. Oh well. And, but I will pull back a little bit and say like lyrically, it's still super whatever. This is maybe an unpopular opinion, but unless the lyrics are like astoundingly good or astoundingly bad, I don't give a shit about them. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I but agree. I think there's moments of astoundingly bad here. Yeah. I don't know. It depends on how good the person is at covering it up or, you know, like salting it. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, breaking news, I just got another drone stream email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they heard. Two and two and twenty four hours. Fucking unsubscribe. Um, but back to mom jeans. Uh, Tom, you step up here. Uh, you're are are you a are you a mom jeans fan? Um, yeah, I, I don't wanna. I w- I wouldn't say a fan, but yeah, I, I like their music. Um, they they've been nice. Um, I think they're good people. Uh, the song titles on the new album um are are way better than the last one. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You know that's hilarious. Uh, they well, they they're both much better and much worse at the same time because they just went full on meme. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, isn't the first song something like like top ten cringe fails must watch? Yeah, like yeah, 
that that like literally made my skin crawl the first time I saw it. <laughs> the best song title is by far uh, now this is pod racing. That's my favorite one. Yeah, it's sort of like a uh, like a parallel to, to flight patterns. Like they're doing the same thing except one comes off as earnest. Yeah, and one doesn't. Um, Pickle Bart made me want to throw up. That's uh, a, that's that a... is the worst song title of all time. And it's not even creative. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think they give a fuck about that, honestly. You know, like, I think they're sort of detached from that. So, Tom, what do you feel about Puppy Love, though? Do you like it? It is more um, akin to their, to their last album than I was expecting. Um, with this, with this like, massive blow-up, I was, I was kind of expecting them to, um, to, like, bankroll and, you know, set your goals at... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like heat up the Gildan presses and start screen printing everything. But um, no, they they've stayed more loyal to the sound than I was than I would have ever expected, which is a good thing. You know, I enjoy it. See, yeah, I, I had a positive I, experience listening. That set your goals reference is fucking funny as hell to me because <laughs> I don't think I've ever even listened to anything they put out after Mutiny. I listened to the one that had like a feature on every song. Uh, um, I don't know what that was called. Oh right, in defense of the genre, by say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was just like, oh, the song has a Haley Williams feature. Oh, this one has a Chad Chad Gil- uh, Gilbert. Bert. Yeah, I was, I was almost said Ginsburg, which is a CKY guitar player. Um, <laughs> uh, you got. Kyle, I'm sorry to change the subject again, but have you seen the that meme where it's like, uh, "What's what's your favorite CKY song?" and uh, Bernadette, it's Ner. like a screen, Bernadette, Ner. <laughs> yeah, but... Bernadette, Ner. <laughs> the second time someone's brought that up to me in the past two days, and I'm kind of uh, more than okay with being at that point in my life. <laughs> unapologetically I'm, I, love cky i i'm a ride or die for jackass yeah. honestly oh yeah jackass is good like maybe maybe not the maybe not the movies i'm maybe not down with like everything from the movies but like the og show and like all the stuff they did for like uh big brother uh back in the day i'm ride or die for that shit i yeah. love big brother you know v- yeah v- I- viva la bam too mm. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I like Bam Margera enough to watch it. Well, he's not the funny part about this show. It's Rab himself and Raekeon and all those hooligans. R.I.P. to Ryan Dunn, though, for real. Did you guys ever do that thing with like your friends and you all watch a TV show and you like sit down and you like draw comparisons between like who the people in the friend group are like in the tv show yeah totally done that that with like sunny and stuff yeah 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 uh with jackass i was always thrown the role of ryan dunn Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's like no it's literally like everything like with wu-tang clan my friends and i do this they give me fucking odb i'm always the dead person and it's really (laughs) uncomfortable i'm sorry anyway anyway mom jeans (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i don't even know how to reel it in from that 
Well, okay, here's the thing. Do you think that this takes them higher than they were with Best Buds, or are they going to... What do you mean higher? Sick like, Creed reference, bro. Okay, like, do you think <laughs> this funny. this is an album that they will even... Alright, here's an example. Pup, self-titled, to Pup the Dream is Over, was totally a huge elevation between, like, um, you know, like an up-and-coming band to, uh, like a headlining band, festival band, too. I mean, they fucking play Lollapalooza. And now we see... Uh, yeah, I think Mom Jeans is already there, honestly. Yeah. I, I think they're already at that point. I mean, they're, they're definitely, like, Riot Fest level already. Yeah, they're on Riot Fest this year. Like, where? Yeah, where... like, okay, is it the music that's making them blow up, though? Like, I, I, I'm really curious, because, you know, there's... It just seems weird to me that this is, you know, that the music would be behind the blow up. If they had a different name and different um, band members and no no presence, do you think it, it would have at all? Like, the audience itself um, is, is just kind of weird, you know, the individuals that, that make it up. Is, <clears> the, is it the music or the misery? <laughs> God damn it. Uh... <laughs> like, what... What gives them the magic? I, I want to hear y'all's take on it. See, I think they're a cool band to like. Like, they aren't signed to a humongous label. They aren't fucking... I mean, they have a name. They smoke weed. They... <laughs> of course they're going to appeal to the to the, to the the teens and the like-minded, you know? Yeah, but why this one? Why this one? Because you know Jank sunk? Yep. Yep, that's exactly it. The sub just kind of decided, oh, can't do jank anymore, so let's do. Yeah, Mom but this Jeans. isn't about the sub. Like, I mean, Mom Jeans is like way but it started bigger. Started than... at no, the but sub. the sub, the it sub started. is indicative of where things go. Like, I'm not even. It goes from the I... sub to the streets. It's not even yeah. indicative. It's it's like a small sample size. You know, it's not indicative. It is the result. It is a small sample size, but it is the result. You know. What? No, I'm saying the sub the sub kinda has a role in dictating where where the broader world goes. Right, but is it is it is it indicative or is it just like, you know like a different sample size from, you know, the, the general population, you know? I don't think it I don't think it does. So it's too small. I'm just saying that I don't think the sub has anything to do with the band blowing up this big that's all well i completely disagree it's like it literally started with jake finding them on fucking our emo though yeah i mean it didn't start there but yeah. that's what set I, it off like there's been a couple instances of bands getting signed and proceeding to grow from our emo like but that's just who knows first i think mom jeans it would have happened you know no matter what somebody would have pressed it for fucking sure. Uh, I mean, probably, but then it would find its way to our our emo. I'm not saying our emo is, like, what makes these bands blow up. I'm saying, like, our emo is, like, the world of emo two minutes before it happens to the rest of the community. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with you there, yeah. To the point like, where it's, like, like, is a band gets signed and, you, and our emo hasn't heard of it, it's confusing. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, you got 20,000 people, so, you know. Yeah. Also, you know, if someone's going to be a tryhard, they're going to be on the tryhard subreddit, so. 
It kind of makes sense. <laughs> um. <laughs> Says uh, Tom Pineapple Stir Fry Six Six Six, who has been on our emo for five years. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, I there isn't there wasn't anyone to be you know try hard in front of when I joined. You know, it was, it was about the music. <laughs> exactly, it was trying hard for try hard sake. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. So you are saying if it wasn't for 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 our emo but there is also like like that is a valid point in which this band was kind of kind of popping off in that california scene and i I think in the internet in general you know the fact that like chris was texting me like bro you gotta fucking listen to this is okay so but then what is the internet emo scene at that our emo doesn't play a part in see i just don't know if it plays that big of a role um in some bands sure you know but mom jeans is so fucking big that i i just you know twenty thousand subscribers and one million you know yes now are are like i think the material is so uh capturing that it would have it would have pulled an audience regardless and that all i'm saying all i'm saying is that bands blow up on our email just a little bit before they blow up everywhere else that's all i'm saying but yeah but local scenes is kind of a different game like yeah exactly exactly i'll say for a fact like the best emo band in madison has 300 likes on facebook they don't know how to promote themselves and they've never been talked about on the internet whatsoever like yeah that's I think like California is kind of like the wild wild west for emo bands because there's like a scene every 20 miles on the on the fucking map. So I think there is a chance because I mean like Bart, I mean Meet Me in Montauk, they could have tweeted about Mom Jeans and gained 40 fans because of that, and I could have spread more. But our emo is where that fucking YouTube video got posted, and now it has like what millions of plays on it so it's like a combination of both i guess at the end of it all yeah i i just kind of think even in an alternate universe where where the sub didn't exist mom jeans still would have well you know it it was there in the beginning but somebody would have been in there in the beginning no matter what i I mean probably but i do think you're definitely downplaying like how much of a tastemaker the sub is yeah i mean I don't know. It's easy for me to discount the sub's opinion when it's so damn trash so often. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, let's let's recall the, um, the back and forth you were talking about in the thread earlier um, between Oso and who was it? Mom Jeans. Mom, yeah, it was Mom Jeans. Yeah. Yeah. That's who we got on the sub. Um, <laughs> that's... I, I just I don't know I, I fail to the people that have a valid opinion on the sub I don't really think of them as you know sub people they're just you know people with good taste and the people it's, like it's, that in the thread it's are official Tom just called my members. opinion invalid <laughs> <laughs> tying this into puppy love do you think this album warrants the hype that it's gonna get because that's uh, what I I like wrestle with hype a lot to the point where it's like, am I pre-ordering this record because I like it or because I'm caught up in the hype and the excitement? Not for this one. I did not pre-order it. 
Yeah, I think that hype is like a tranquilizer dart to me, you know? Yeah. Um, it kind of puts me off. And yeah. the fact that I still enjoy it, you know, I don't I don't think it has anything to do with the album's worthiness. Mm-hmm. It's good. I do think that, like, Mom Jeans is, cap- is going to capitalize on the hype. Aside from my subjective feelings on the album, just, like, from my from my vantage point as someone who's trying to predict trends, I think that this album is going to be bigger than Best Buds. Like, yeah. Substanti- yeah. substantially bigger. I-, I think that's, like, a fact. Just for fun, I'm going to make the comparison of, like, uh, I mean, like, I just did it with Pup, but, like, uh, Best Buds is Joyce Manor self-titled, and this is going to be, like, never hung over again. Like. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I, I don't really, um, I don't think I've ever listened to Joyce Manor, and I know I definitely don't want to, so. Who the fuck are you, What? Tom. <laughs> what? <laughs> you just wrote off Joyce Manor and but why they suck ass <laughs> you say you say that 10 seconds after I've never listened to Joyce Manor <laughs> yeah. alright li- listen if I can go down the highway and see two cars in one week with a Joyce Manor bumper sticker like I'm something's fucked up with that band and I'm not gonna be a part of it <laughs> That's why can't why can't you just why can't you just say bless your heart and move on? <laughs> you know, like like I'm not I'm not gonna find anything disgusting because of how many listeners I have, but you know the stuff that I like won't ever garner that many listeners. So I just know that something's. I mean, I will say Joyce Manor are absolutely not emo. Um, I don't know what the fuck everyone's smoking, calling them emo. Yeah, they... modern baseball, you name it. Yeah, that's. That's, I uh, did we put Joyce Manor on the chopping block in episode zero? No, that, um, we I should have. Wow, because so. yeah, I've always but... been like confused about why they've been like let in as an emo band because and yet you put them on one of your lists, Kyle. Be- I mean, your... Kyle, because Whoa, I, Kyle, yo, Kyle. hey, hey, okay, okay, hey, sometimes I'm I'm a fucking sheep, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just be like, okay, I like this. I'll just assume it's emo. Oh my be- because, God. Because of what I see other people doing. Tom's leaving this podcast hating both our guts. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. Back in my day, um, I, I don't know if, um, Kyle, how long have you been on the subreddit? Um, like, oh, are we really going to play this fucking game now? This all right, no, 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 no. This Three to four credit. years. I, all right, I was I was just trying to bring up the fact that like I mean every week there would be a fight in a thread over whether or not sorority noise was emo, um, and I mean I don't I don't like sorority noise I, I think they suck, um, but the fact that it's gone from like sorority noise is it emo to like defaulting to Joyce Manor is emo with no fight at all is just like damn you know like the line has like been dropped on the floor and like. I mean, to the point. Here's, okay. Here's my super spicy take. Sunny Day Real Estate as an email. What are they, grunge? Alternative rock? Post-hardcore. Post-hardcore? They're not, okay. they're not slash indie rock. They're not email. Midwest is an email. Get Up Kids in the Promise Ring. They're not email. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, sh- I should have. All right. Let me, let me like, take all that back about being email. Does it belong on our slash email? You know? 
I don't even care if it can fall under the umbrella of emo, but um, the stuff think, that was posted whatever to people's emo in the beginning is, is what I like. Considered. Whatever the majority of the user base wants on our email should be what belongs on our slash email. That's that's my take. I just hate the fact that we have to differentiate is it emo to does it uh, can we post it on r slash emo and those are two different things i think that's just yeah. crazy yeah um, yep but yeah i think we need to have like an episode 0. 0.5 where we bring back the chopping block <laughs> i agree yeah i agree because that was um, fun and um yeah so, someone I that i knew IRL listened to that and was like, "Y'all are just intimidating people." What? Yeah. Why? <laughs> because they just got confused about what emo actually is. See, but those are the people that need to learn up in the first place. <laughs> but what if they you just know, like, thought they? Or... But they just wanted to learn about what emo was, and then they were just like, well, "What the fuck? Are... I'm this is over my head." I mean, I can get intimidating when, like, people, like, really hector me about what I think is emo. And I'm like, Native Knot is emo. Uh, heroin is emo. Click Katawi is emo. Moss Icon is emo. None of this other shit that people say is emo is emo. Like, it's it's bands that sound like that are emo. Yeah. and But then there's the whole pedestrian level thing where, you know, someone, yeah, obvious, some, obviously someone's going to be like... On it. Well, yeah, but when someone's like, hey, are you going to come to Madison's first emo night? And I'm like, I'd literally rather be shot dead in the street than that. And they're like, but you love emo. It's like, yeah, but they've advertised exactly. that they're going to play bass Exactly, I love emo. <laughs> it's just shit like that where you just can't win. Yeah, you know, it kind of wasn't a problem uh, like a number of years ago. It was, it was nice. I mean, what, what do you think was the golden age of the sub, Pineapple? Uh, probably like 20 uh 2014 2015 those two years that's when yeah, i was I, like happy to be there yeah i'd say yeah. 20 2015 to very early 2016 that's about my cutoff um, yeah I, I don't know it's it's kind of hard for me to remember but I, I i do remember 2014 and 2015 being good i don't, I don't know about 2016 though it's um, kinda all blends together definitely by like mid 2016 i was starting to get like annoyed that's when the uh, chuds got let in uh that's when the chuds got let in yeah. uh and coincidentally that was like happening around the same time as like the merchant ship show getting canceled and jank going on hiatus yeah. that's when the, that's when the chuds came marching yeah. so like chud gate um yeah, yeah. I'm, not trying to, like, I'm not trying to start a like a fighter pick at you but if that's when the sub went downhill and all those folks joined in and started like posting the stuff that been made to go downhill why do you feel that the sub should let whatever is dictated by the, the you know the populace be posted when they're the ones that cause the sub to go downhill those people aren't one and the same like not like i'm not saying like everyone who swamped the sub, like all the new subscribers we got are chuds that's probably like maybe 300 out of the 10,000 subscribers we've gotten since 2015. And they're posting such wild shit that it's getting <coughs> the comments. And For context, I was made mod uh, early 2015. So there was like a good long period of time where it was just dope. <laughs> uh, and then shit went down. 
we've gotten so far off track. I'm pretty sure we have faped out at this point. Yeah, but this is like a cool conversation. Cause... Yeah, like oh, yeah. why did it go down though? You know why? Like why do you think? I I think okay. So when people use the word liberal uh, in America, they they typically mean like uh, people who are like super far left wing. Man, uh, as someone who's actually far left wing, uh, when I say liberal, I mean like. Uh, cowardly centrists. So I think it was. I think it was. Uh, it's too many liberals. That's my opinion. Uh, people who are ju- people who uh, advocate for the separation of art from artist. That was when the downhill uh, trend started. Because my issue has never been with like the music posted on our email. Like I can I can deal with like a wider variety than what I consider to be emo being posted in the sub. Right. Um, but my my issue with the community has always been like those pockets of rape apologists and uh, pe- people like that, uh, you know, just like generally uh, gross, like people who are either gross or apathetic to gross stuff happening, which is just as bad. I, I, I agree with you entirely. Um, do you think it's just coincidence then that, that the, the material um, became as... You know, the stuff posted to the sub became as, like, distasteful as the opinions brought to the table? Well, I don't think all the stuff posted is distasteful. Like, Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. But, I mean, the, the sheer quantity of it. Um, I, don't, I, don't think either, I don't think either you or I consider something like Hot Mulligan to be emo, but they're good. I'm glad they get cred in our emo. You know, like, I, I, I don't... I don't think it's I, I don't I don't think it's uh, a music problem. I think it's a, a a community problem. But and not even the majority of the community. It's just a few loud asshole voices. Um, but I mean, I do like we do have to take responsibility for those loud asshole voices because we can't just be like, oh, that's just a vocal minority. Like we have to take responsibility for whatever conditions are fostering that that type of shit to to thrive and you know the mods we've tried to set down hard party lines on you know rape apologism not being allowed etc 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 but it's hard um especially when like the abuse scandals come out and then the rape apologists come out that's when they always come out they never fucking post on the sub until that shit comes out and then they're getting massively upvoted in the comments mom jeans totally blew up in the emo subreddit um were there bands before them besides jank that were bands that were blowing up via our emo um no because like one i think the 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 number of subscribers wasn't there to support that kind of blowing up and number two i think the people that were posting material to the subreddit um didn't post stuff that was too out of line or or maybe it just wasn't allowed through but yeah um, yeah Either the people knew better than to post it because it didn't belong, they didn't like the stuff it, so they didn't post it, or um, three, it, it just wasn't allowed. Do you, okay, because I also feel like Reddit as a website is like, is like a proper form of social media more so now than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a part of it too. It's like someone's getting in, in into emo, like maybe a thought one month into getting emo is like hey i wonder if there's a subreddit for for this i feel like that's i mean like a before common thing now. say 2015 
I'd say that like the social medias were super stratified. The social mediums, sorry, were super stratified. Like uh, there was emo Facebook and emo Twitter and emo Reddit, but they were all like not really interacting with each other. And then starting around 2015, they started bleeding into each other hardcore. Yeah. And that's when and that's when like stuff started happening like, oh, our emo backs this band. Like because our emo started getting a reputation on the other uh social media websites. Okay. And don't like don't don't get it twisted. We do have a reputation. Like and it's definitely not always good. Emo Facebook, like especially Screamo Facebook, fucking hates our emo. Really? Like they they yeah, they think we're a bunch of like rape apologists trash. I hate emo Facebook because I think it's just straight up like fucking memes. Like, like we can't appreciate a band without memeing the fuck out of it, and I think that's dumb as fuck. I'm so I I was talking about like screamo Facebook specifically. Yeah. If you're talking about like meme jeans posting or like American football posting, like those groups, fuck those groups. Yeah, they're think, terrible. Also, I mean, I don't know the politics of it. I just think it's like cringy. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's cringy and it's like super high school. Because, you know, they're all in high school. <laughs> I know. I don't want to be reminded that I listen to fucking music of high schoolers. <laughs> I wrestle with that. I should be listening to just fucking. I don't know what people my age actually listen to, but yeah. Spoon? Cat Power? I got out of Spoon when I was in high school. <laughs> No, okay. <laughs> Fucking bluegrass, probably. Uh, TV on the radio. I don't know. I'm just Another band that, like, I got out of before high school. <laughs> this is just like all shit I always heard, like early '30s white dudes talking about on the AV club when I was in high school. Hey, I'm not 30. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, my like indie rock phase of like pavement and whatnot was like eighth grade, ninth grade. My high school, my high school career was mostly like being in my local hardcore scene. Tom, I think do you I'm like music about that's not emo. Yeah, I, I guess I do. Um, I don't, I don't find myself nearly half as passionate about it. Yeah. But... What, what kind of music would it be? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. Um, you, you could name just about anything. Um, and I, you know, I'd find myself fond of the. The great stuff within that genre. Um, Do you like I don't hip-hop? think anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like it as a genre. Yeah, I'm Do just you, not. Do you, Do you like hardcore? Yeah, I like it. I, I'm just not passionate about it. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just not me. Yeah. Um, I so, guess if you separate math rock from emo, um, I, I'm definitely passionate about that too. Yeah. What's the rarest record you have? I just... That's that's like a question that's like uh, I, I don't even know if that's something I can answer. Do you There's have like so an Algernon many... test press or something? Yeah, that's that's like I mean to reel these off. I, I guess I could come over to my like hallway and, and take a look and see what I can tell you. Um, I'll go through my, uh, my like tape cabinet first. So I have this big glass case with like two hundred tapes or so. Um, I can tell you so, the rarest record I have right now. It's uh, the tour press of Fashion Statements for the Socially Aware by Sea Space Cowboy. There are only 25 of them. 
made. I got one of those. They only took 25 out on tour with them? Yep. Jeez. That's savage. That was like, that was really their first tour. Uh, oh, yeah. And they, like, there were 14 people at the house that they played at. And, like, I wanted, like, a patch or something. Like, I wanted something that was not the tour press because uh, I didn't have enough money for it. And Connie, like, just forced it into my hands. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you're the only person dancing at this <laughs> show. I have uh, two out of four of the I Love Your Lifestyle tapes. Um, I don't know how many were made total of the whole run. Something like 30 or 40, 30, 50, 40, something like that. But um, there were... There were four that were made that were fluorescent green. Um, and I have two of those. Um, I have a church key tape, which is like pretty special. Um, I have a, one of these um, invalid tapes um, from their Top Secret Area EP. Um, I, have an, I have a State Lines tape from their split with Haverford. Um, I think that's like out of 20 or 25, and it's just like blank white. Um, I have all the Casper Elgin tapes, which are kind of hard to get. I got oh, a sick. Adult Summers tape. Um, oh, that, that I have a for some coin. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely could. You, you have no idea how many people want to bother me on Discogs about selling it. <laughs> you have no idea that in the Mom Jeans tape, it's like it's like crack to these people. Yeah. Um, Tom, what do you do for a living? Uh, I am an IT infrastructure analyst. Um, basically, I manage everything that's considered IT for a um, for a distribution center. So, I, I basically ensure that the equipment is like healthy or that it receives the service it needs to. Um, I profit plan to make sure that it's replaced or you know covered under some sort of contract um, for however long it's going to be used. Uh, making sure that threats get addressed things like that damn that was like a seriously professional answer yeah <laughs> i make coffee <laughs> for a living <laughs> and you know yeah. i also give people their coffee that's another part of it <laughs> i ask people what kind of coffee they want should, okay we should give this like a proper outro instead of just fading out um oh yeah we we got so, way off. At least I could just piece this in at a point where we could stop. But um, I just like to say, Tom, thanks for coming on the podcast. We usually ask uh, to plug any social media if you have anything to plug. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Um, I don't really like um, talking to too many people. I don't find myself fond of them. Tom, you're great. It's been so nice having you on this podcast. Yeah, y'all are, y'all are really entertaining yourselves. It's kind of. Even though you're so negative, you know, you do it with such a, like a, <laughs> like a good vibe. A it good, used a to, good negative vibe. it used to be like, like it would be me and the guest taking over the conversation. And like lately it's become me and Kyle are becoming like a click. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ellie, where can people find you between episodes? Uh, on Twitter at you don't need maps. Follow my blog, you don't need maps.wordpress.com. I promise eventually I'll get an, a real domain. Um, in the words of One Life Crew, real domain. Um, and uh, 
you know, find me on find me on Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find. You just go facebook.com slash you don't need maps and my profile should pop up. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Cool. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at nothing feels Gucci. Um, posting shows that I go to, posting records that I get. And that's about the only place you can find me. Uh, personally, but you can find the podcast on Twitter at the E-Word Pod. Uh, or E-Word Podcast. The email is the E-Word Pod at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. Gather in a couple likes every few days. Um, so you can find us there. Um, yeah. You know, and all, all those inboxes are always open. So if you want to slide your new music into there, uh, if you want to say, hey, I'd like to come on the podcast, that's another place you can start that. Um, so, yeah, you know, just keep on doing it. Um, hoping to fucking keep progressing as a podcast and uh, putting out hot content and all that stuff. So, um, thank you all for listening. We've definitely been growing and it's been, it, it's it's been super fun all right and we're gonna play out with another song um don't know what it is by ghostly what was it? what was that band ghostly shortly. i can't even remember shortly shortly, shortly. shortly. <laughs> can we shortly please can we please and it was shortly yeah of course this is not by the band shortly this is by the band binary and it's called nice moleskin you could write in that with your head up your ass and it's from their new album commit more arson <laughs> Thank you.